Well, the unfortunate thing about this, and I think honestly, this entire conversation we've had, which we should have led with this, but essentially we should say everything we're talking about is not legal advice. Talk to an attorney. Talk to your lawyer. If you take <laughs> right, if right. you take legal advice from the Still Talking podcast, you you oh, need man. some serious help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, this is the Still Talking Podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian Christensen. Today we're going to talk about pay-to-play or TTB or whatever you guys actually want to talk about. Are you drinking coffee? Oh, oh, do you want to know what it I is? I do believe it's, coffee it's with bourbon, bourbon cream. cream. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for that segue. You, you did this so much easier. I thought I was going to have to work at it. Well, but I did my part. I'll see you guys. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's been established, listener at least likes and possibly makes bourbon cream. So so what we talked about was essentially to kind of talk a little bit about pay-to-play, consignment, sales. Essentially, the TTB over the last year, year and a half, has been cracking down a little bit, uh, which is interesting because prior to that, there hadn't been a lot of news. They've been kind of tight-lipped about it. But then about a year or so ago, they actually started putting out press releases, working with local law enforcement on a state level, to start busting up things like pay to play. Well, they finally so I thought it might they be. finally got some money for it. That was the thing, right? Yeah. They got like a five million dollar budget or whatever. So, just, just so it was twofold. One was they got money for it, and two was they were smart enough. They're one of the few federal agencies that actually does a pretty good job, I think. Um, and I'm just wait the TTB work with them. Yeah, well, yeah. Fuck you. Compared to yeah. other bureaucracy, <laughs> I give them props. I sincerely give them props because they have an incredibly small staff and they're one of the few agencies I've seen actually improve over the last few years. I mean, hell, there was a while where COLA approvals were what? Uh, Col- like what were they months. at? Like 90 days? Yeah. Six mo- Oh, yeah. So you had six-month COLA approvals. Now you get them in less than a week. Sometimes I'm hearing as quick as like 48 hours if you don't make a mistake on them. That's, in- that's an insane improvement. I guess. I guess it's a least smelly turd situation. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree 100%. But so they did. They got a $5 million allocation. I can't remember exactly what the details were with that. But in addition to getting the money, they also realized they were coming up against budget constraints for ne- the next few years because of administrative cutbacks, things like that. So they wanted to basically earn their keep. And I think they wanted a little positive PR, which I think is smart on their part. But I think one of the first ones that came out was it was July 20th of 2017. They worked with the Florida authorities. And they broke up uh, basically a pay-to-play operation. And one of the thing, one of the downsides with the way they work, though, is they tend not to release any information on a first-time offense situation. Basically, they work out a deal with the offending party, and they have to pay a big fine, penalties. I like, but, but they admit no fault and all that, all that good shit. Yeah, they admit yeah. no faults. They have to probably pay, you know, six figures to more. Um, if they do it again, then they start actually releasing names and talking about what happened. But essentially, this is kind of just like they bust one up to let the industry know, hey, we're doing this. We're keeping an eye on it. And also it gives them you know, some good PR and hopefully scares other companies into thinking twice, which most don't, because that's the question is when you have to pay a fine, if you're a huge company and I won't specifically say names so we don't get into libel ter- territory. But <laughs> if you have really big, deep pockets, then that's essentially a marketing expense. So, All right, so if they were, wait, so let's let's back right. up. What what the fuck is pay to play? Let's yeah, let's exactly. start That's there. what I want to know. Like, what are you saying? You mean like, so I'm wearing my Jankos, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm ready. Yeah, you got to pay. You're ready to, to roll. You're wearing cargo shorts under them. <laughs> yeah, somebody slips you a fiver. 
So pay to play can take a lot of different forms and it can be kind of variable depending on the state regulations. But essentially, like the broad view of pay to play is the idea of a producer paying a retailer or a wholesaler, usually a retailer, to basically it's also called slotting fees. It's essentially I'll give you money if you put my product on the shelf. So you push my product more than anyone else. So, hey, here's here's an incentive. If you sell a bunch of my product, I'm going to give you a bonus, maybe under the table, maybe not. Or a retailer say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys some sort of cash incentive. Or again, it can take a lot of different forms. But essentially, I'm trying to incentivize that retailer to give me either exclusive or uh, special placements and maybe even push out some of my competition. So the reason that's a problem, obviously, is because smaller producers cannot compete with that. You know, if a really big producer wants to fuck over Corsair and kick them off the shelf, they could pay some money and have retailers do it on a national level if they wanted to. So that's the reason it's technically illegal. The issue that it gets into is it's so broad in some categories that it's not just pay to play in terms of cash. It's also pay to play in terms of a thing of value. And we, that, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that too, but a thing of value is essentially anything that is valuable to that, say, retailer. That can even be social media. So if Colton at Corsair tweeted out, hey guys, go check out XYZ Bar, they've got our product on the back bar, that's technically a thing of value. He's now promoted that bar and he's broken the law. Yeah, you know, it's actually technically, Ill- it's technically illegal to promote uh, a tasting at a liquor store unless you promote three at once. So you right. can't say, hey, we're doing a tasting at, you know, XYZ a- liquor store. You have to say XYZ, ABC, and EDF all at the same time. Wait, are you just saying letters I'm to showing you guys that I know the right order now? of the alphabet. And it was the, that <laughs> exact you? Because ABC <laughs> and <Really>? ADF. <laughs> I'm freaking out for you, man. I'm a little worried. Yeah. Can we, do we have to make you sing the ABCs? Just sing it. It's easier. burnt toast? <laughs> yeah. Is your arm numb? <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So wait. So are you allowed to say you're doing a cocktail event at a bar? Yep. You're allowed to promote that? Nope. Okay. Yes. But you have to be very careful how you promote it. So if you just go on your Facebook page and even give, say, a list, uh, a schedule or a calendar of the bars you're going to be at, that, again, is technically illegal. And certain states are much more stringent on it. Say uh, California is one that te- goes after it all the time. You have to be really careful with a thing of value. So you can't necessarily even put a calendar out of where you're going to be. Now you could, there are some loopholes you can work with like PR agencies, but even they have to be really careful because they could tread into that. Even if you have a third party do it, if you're paying that third party to do it, you're going to get in trouble. Now, if you have just a fan of yours that you have no contact with says, Hey, go check out XYZ bar. Corsair is going to be there. That's legal as long as it can't be traced back to you as telling your buddy or someone to do that. So you have to be real careful. If there's any kind of paper trail, you've, again, technically broken the law. That sucks. Sucks bad. But yeah. hold on. I, we're getting way too deep in the weeds. The major pay-to-play, you know, at least let's, right. let's so start on that. Going after yeah. that. They're starting on They're starting on bars that the distillery or, or distributor is actively giving them cash or you know some sort of deal to Again, promote we don't circle, know the exact certain, details yeah. but to promote right. certain but, products or brands or you're right like so last year ttb did two busts one in florida one in illinois the one in illinois was i believe september 21st um and essentially 
they all they're all they're announcing. Colton's, Gino's laughing at me because I'm looking. At my yeah, because you're 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 acting as if you're like you're like I believe it's September 21st. You're you're yeah. literally reading it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm also literally reading my own notes, which there's a really good chance yeah. I fucked them up. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to give myself an out, even though I'm reading the details. That's how professional I am. Yep. We don't uh, say but, things with conviction on this podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Hell no. God no. Uh, it was so they were going after pay-to-play schemes in uh, Chicago. Uh, looks like Chicago, Quad Cities, and Peoria. That was in Illinois, and they worked with the actual Illinois Liquor Control and Commission to handle these busts. That was in Illinois, and that was primarily focusing on pay-to-play. Now they don't give any real details. They don't give who was involved. They don't really say besides you know the main cities and counties. Nothing else is detailed. So you don't know if it was a cash pay-to-play scheme. You don't know if it was thing of value. All we know is we can you know, infer that it was probably pretty big. If they were willing to throw resources, have people be undercover, things like that, get people to testify, it was probably a really big I operation. mean, we don't, I think we don't even know system. that it was spirits either. But So they were, they were offering 700 sacks of Super Bowls. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what plays in Illinois. It's of, it's of value. <laughs> right. So, and then the one in California they did, possibly in or around March 1st of this year, uh, they did, that was a little different. God, listener, no, I hate this. I don't know how much longer I could do it. <laughs> you love every minute of this. So this one was a TTB investigation that was focused on consignment sales arrangements. So that was a little different. That's essentially the idea that, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe it's when a producer provides product to someone without them paying for it up front, where essentially they can sell the product and then pay after the fact, which is completely illegal. You're not supposed to do that at all. Hmm. Now, I don't know what the details were. I don't know if maybe they were housing the product on site so it didn't leave you know, their bond, their bonded facility, and they were what, basically just... What state was I, that? That was California. All right. But I remember in Oregon... It would be like uh, where you do an event at a liquor store. If I sold out a product, I could buy a product, like take it out of their inventory and the Oregon, whatever, what's it called? OLCC. Yeah, yeah, right. So like then I could buy back and replenish their, there's like a changing of hands that you can legally do between. That's okay because it's a control state. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It gets yep. there's like a big gray yep. area with everything we're talking about here in controlled right. states. Exactly. Yeah, it, this is more you're running into problems if you're working directly with a producer. And again, I have no idea what the actual logistics Wait, no, were well, with this consignment no, issue. Distributors are guilty of this all the time too, though. I don't, I wouldn't say it's just a producer problem, right? True. Like, true. And they may have actually been going after distributors on on this consignment issue. It may have had nothing to do with the actual producer itself. Again, we don't have the exact details because they won't publish uh, who the party was at fault. Uh, essentially, they're just putting people on notice that this is something they're looking for and will bust. Um, so do you have any examples that you do have details or is this going to be just a uh, very uninformed and painstakingly boring <laughs> episode. We're going to make it up as we go yeah. along. Oh, okay. I mean, that's yeah. kind of our thing, isn't it? They, no. they sold three-legged rabbits. <laughs> and uh, and they got four-legged but, rabbits in return, and return. it was a gift. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm not trying, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I, I just, I'm really no, curious okay. of, like, what, 
what it what is a, a specific thing even if you came up with like other scenarios like you're like okay we will pay you to put this on this shelf right here but what so what is allowed can i go in and be like hey look i have this product i'm really proud of it and i just sell them on it without giving them anything just giving them product and say that like hey can they put it in the front of their store because they believe in me yeah. So, well, you have to be careful when you're giving away product. So that's a whole. Okay. No, no, I'm not giving product. Give. I'm selling yeah. it to the liquor store. You're selling them, and they're putting it on, say, a kiosk, or they're somehow putting it on an end cap. I'm going to a liquor barn. I'm a salesman. Okay. Yep. Uh, this is my nightmare, by the way. <laughs> um, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I go there, and I'm like, "Hey, look, I have the spirit. I'm really proud of it. We worked really hard. I'd really like it if you could bring it into your store." What can you do? What do you think? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's a local thing. We're going to put on an end cap. That's a totally natural transaction that nothing has passed hands. I I don't know if this is nationwide, but there's a law that if you're, you know, those like, uh, you know, display cases in liquor stores, not cases, but, you know, product displays. Like the cardboard. Like brand displays, whatever they are, right? Yeah. So yeah, right. cardboard cut out of Zeno. If yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it's over Ah oh, fuck, I gotta look it up. You just see, I told you we we're gonna make shit up. If it's over twenty five hundred dollars, yeah I'm an idiot. It's actually three hundred. It's considered a gift and that you're in play pay for play territory. And if it's under that you're cool, is that which national? is that's what I'm saying. I don't know that that's national. It's you don't know. definitely a, some states We've ran into because ours are like really close to that line. But Wait, what the hell are you putting in stores? What a giant cardboard cutout of you? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a yeah. lot of value in that because he looks a lot <laughs> yeah, like me. And it, so. it costs like, a lot to you know get a cardboard cutout of my chiseled bod. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're like the fucking statue of David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of our cardboard cutouts are yeah. actually marble. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Tiny, it's the twenty five hundred dollar yeah. mark. Tiny little dongers and all. Yeah. Where do you think the triple smoke pours out of? <laughs> oh no. Uh, no. Also, you should go to the doctor. Yeah, that is not healthy. Yeah. You, you should not think I'm drinking too that much. Comes out of your you're body saying. Is triple smoke. <laughs> ah shit. Yeah. So that's a really good point. Is when you're yeah. So if you're you can actually go in there and put in these kind of you know, whatever you call them, some sort of stand-up branding cardboard cutout thing, but you do have to check on a state-to-state level to make sure it doesn't exceed a value. Um, but in Zeno's example, that's totally normal because I'll, I'll throw out one total wine and more. They tend to do state end caps or state, uh, state-specific, state uh, highly visible marketing kind of areas where they will put all the product produced in that state, yeah. somewhat craft level, and they'll highlight it. And as long as you didn't pay them to put your product there, you just gave them the information, maybe just said, hey, we're local, we do this, this, and this, here's where we produce out of, we use local ingredients. That's just education, and then that's up to their associates, their managers to do that. That's totally fine. But it's when you get to the point of saying, hey, I want to be one level up, you know, if you guys do that, I'll get you guys some extra, you know, I'll cut you a deal or I'll give you a little bit of cash, something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's when you are seriously running into problems. And again, once that happens, if they put you in this, you know, state region for Total Wine and More and then you go post on Instagram a shot of that, then you're getting into trouble again. Because, again, you're basically giving a thing of value to that local Total Wine and More store to say, hey, come, you're promoting them. 
and that's the thing about it. Yeah, but you got to be able to milk that local vortite. Yes. You, yes, you do. Right? Like it's such a big thing. And people actually I had a really interesting question asked to me over the weekend. They're like, so how important do you think it is to use local ingredients? Are you are you asking us? No, no, I just really <laughs> like dead air on the podcast. Yeah. Everyone yeah. loves dead air. <laughs> so that it depends. If you're talking purely about the quality of the product you're outputting, I don't know that that really matters. Uh it, it, unless okay if you're in california and you're making fruit brandy local ingredients are important and i think that matters because why would you buy you know apples from georgia if you're in washington state or california use your local ingredients that makes sense because they're known for that that's a really good quality product great but if you're just anywhere else if you're in texas and you want to make an apple brandy it probably doesn't matter if you get washington apples because you're trying to make the best possible juice, right? Now, if we're talking marketing, that's the other side of that coin. Local ingredients absolutely matter. Some marketing, talking about your local agriculture, your local farmers, you know, a picture on your marketing, a little snapshot of the farmer that you work with down the road. Marketing is incredibly important. The actual juice, I think that's very debatable. So, I, yeah, and that's, you know, that's a very logical answer, and that's the way I kind of answered that question. But... Sure, you should. I'm all for supporting the local farmer or agricultural industry, right? Like, I, I'm all for that if you can. But if they don't make the product I'm or make the raw material that I need, to your yep. very point, then I'm just going to try and get the best I can at a reasonable price, right? Like, it's just well, there's that, I, there's that, and then I kind of always battle. Like, it depends on where you're distributing to. Like you have, you know, local whatever, and then you distribute, you know, you make your shit in Kentucky and then you distribute it down to Arizona. Do does do the people in Phoenix give a fuck that you made that you used local Kentucky corn? Like, no, they don't. And, and I don't think they I, do. No, no, I don't either. But I think that there's a lot of ways you can support your local agricultural industry or industry as a whole so like if you're if you're successful then you're creating jobs you're creating people like there's tourism element too there's lots of ways to just get right into the raw materials i think is very much a marketing thing and there's value to it trust me i mean i love to go to the local breweries and distilleries we all do when we go somewhere but but does that make me buy something twice no it makes me buy something twice if it's good Right. So yep. so that's really, you know, I think one outweighs the other. Maybe you get yep. the initial buy in, but like, anyways, yep. well, that's a totally different podcast or another <laughs> yeah. podcast, but I just thought it was an interesting conversation. Um, I want to get back to this. This obviously uh, pertains to beer, then, too, right? Like this pay yes. to play. Yep. So I have. I obviously know less about the nuance and details of beer and wine or anything yeah. in general. I can barely get myself dressed in the morning. <laughs> um, I'm still not entirely sure how or why pants work, but uh, spirits I can talk about occasionally. Just unbutton them and slide them down, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> uh, then why do they keep ending up on my arms? Jesus yeah. Christ, it just doesn't make sense. Anyways. Um, and so I heard this story. And there's no value to this at all. <laughs> Excellent start. Uh, <laughs> God, I love your introductions. <laughs> but but I really like it. And it just had me think about the way we were talking about this. So there's a small brewery 
out in somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, and one of the guys I went to school with worked for them. And I asked him, and this was years ago, I was like, hey, man, how's it going? How are you, like, locally? How are you doing? How's the business doing? And then I said, how is that other brewery doing that a giant corporation did a joint venture with, right? Yeah. And he said, uh, they're doing great. And we talked about this, how they contract brew in a different place and then call it, sell it as local. But he also said what they were doing is going into bars and being like, hey, do you guys need do you guys want bar upgrades? Cause we'll give you bar upgrades. If you only carry this IPA. That's a huge issue. That's, that's pay for play. Yeah. Okay. That, well, and not that, only pay for play, but that's also an exclusivity issue. You're not supposed to push people out and say, only carry my say IPA. That's a whole nother regulation issue called exclusivity. That, that yeah, that, that, get, that gets back to, granted, it's, granted, it's called, there's no, those are tied. There's no value. Tied house. No value to that story whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, like Colton and I will stop talking at the same time because it now. literally never happened. <laughs> yeah. There are no breweries in Oregon. You made up all of that. Whoa! I didn't even say Oregon. You fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> um, Those uh, the guy who told me that story is Curtis Nelson. <laughs> he lives at. I have no idea where he lives at. No, I, I mean it was a very like you know like I said. There's no. That's the kind of picture that was being painted in my head, though, of what you yep. guys are talking about in the spirits industry. And I mean, full disclosure here, when you said you want to talk about this topic, I don't get that kind of exposure in the double macro side. So right. I don't have any idea what that's like. But Because I was, double macro is the one perpetrating it. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I imagine they, they could and they would. And it's just... Ex- I'm not saying you're double macro. It's just expendable. Right, like, mm-hmm. oh, what are you going to find me a hundred thousand dollars? Well, great, I sold three million. Like, see, that's what it comes down to, and that's why there's a lot of cynicism on the craft side whenever TTB talks about this and say, "Hey, here's a win." Yeah, that's great. Everyone's excited that they're focusing on it and talking about it, but also there's the practicality of, okay, is it going to stop or is it just slow them down for six months? They pay their fine because again, they doubled that amount on their actual sales. I don't know. I think that's a serious issue that the, I don't have. The biggest fine that I could find was two point six million, and that was for a pretty blatant disregard sweet. of the rules on the beer side up in Massachusetts, where okay. they were just they were just straight up buying tap lines at bars, and yeah. then everything other than that was like four hundred k and less, which I mean is can be big for a restaurant, but also is not. It's not killing. It's well, not yeah, going to kill that's you. That's the thing. Right? A, like a 400k fine for a craft producer will put them sure. up. But for a large brand conglomerate or of anything chain of businesses, yeah, yeah. that's so. You know, then that's here's the thing. I mean, we're clearly we're just going to have to speculate on this because yeah. still of us speculating. Really know. But to me, it kind of sounds like the hardest part of you know finding pay for play is that it would be you know Brian. You kept talking about the the producer coming to the bar, but that's almost never what's going to happen. It's probably more the producer coming to the distributor and then the distributor pay, you know? So how do you, you know, how do you prove that link? And that, that probably gets harder. And then, you know, so I have, so I want to deal with the parody in the beer industry again, because we talked about it on one of these episodes about the brewer coming in and cleaning the the tap lines. So where does that play in? Like, yeah. where is the line? Well, wait. The tap line seems to me like just quality. Yeah, yeah but you're but you're going in and cleaning quality assurance. Yeah, company's tap line. It's not your tap line. It's their tap line. 
if I'm a craft brewer and I sell them my beer and like, I'll clean your tap lines to ensure that my beer is good. Well, I'm providing them a service. Right. So I think that's the key is if you say wait, wait. buy my product and I will clean your tap line, that's a problem that would potentially be a thing of value. What you have to simply say is after the deal is done, you can't be contingent on it. Then just come in once in a while and say, hey, I'm here to help clean the tap lines. I think you'd be OK. with. So, you know, that. were you implying that they're cleaning other breweries tap lines when they're in there? No, I'm saying that they're cleaning the bars tap lines. Which yeah, it's just a job that right. costs money. Either you're sure. paying your employee to okay. do it or you're paying someone to do it. So they're going yeah. to do it. So they're, they know their beer is of the best quality, which I'm all for because nothing pisses me off more right. than dirty tap yeah. line beer. When we, we, yeah, when we walk into a bar and we're like, well, we have to buy bottled, bottled beer because yeah. clearly we're not drinking out of those yeah. taps. Yeah. <laughs> well, the unfortunate thing about this, and I think honestly this entire conversation we've had, which we should have led with this, but essentially we should say everything we're talking about is not legal advice. Talk to an attorney. Talk to your lawyer. If you take legal advice from the Still Talking podcast, you oh, need some serious help. Yeah. yeah. You need to be living somewhere in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, you don't even really exist if you're, that's yeah. what you're doing. Right? Like, I'm not entirely sure you two yeah, exist. There's a good chance I just get drunk and yell at my computer at night. <laughs> It's like you're um, we're like Tyler Durden. Yeah. I watched that movie. Way ah, too spoiler much alert, guys. I don't care how absolutely cliche for a white male to enjoy Fight Club is. Don't give a spoiler shit. Spoiler alert. Does it, I don't think it stands the test of time. No, I haven't watched it. Shut up. The movie's way better. And I love the book, but the movie's still way better than the book. One of the only movies I'll ever say that. You just love Meatloaf. That's all. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bob's Bitch Tits. I don't, yeah. Come on, Brad Pitt. <laughs> He looked fantastic. In well, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I went with Bob's bitch tits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have no shame in my Brad Pitt love. Yeah, but you watch Seven and his acting is so <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah, that was real. Was in the box. <laughs> yeah. Which we may have made. I mean, we watched that all together, right? Devin was yeah. there. Like, yeah. And I'm like, my God, it's so bad. His acting is so yeah. bad. And you don't want, you know, back in the day, I was like, this movie's amazing. Look, yeah. look at that guy. He molested young boys. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, we're talking about Kevin yeah. Spacey now, not Brad Pitt. I was very confused. Yeah. Took me a second to follow your line of thought. Thought we were still talking about Meatloaf. <laughs> oh, meatloaf. 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 He would meatloaf. do anything for love. But he wouldn't but do that. I won't do that. And this is the karaoke portion of the podcast. Can you name, can you name another Meatloaf song? No. <laughs> no well, I don't think he's ever done any other songs, has he? <laughs> that song is so long that he's still singing it. He would do it. anything for love, but he won't do another song. <laughs> that anyone will care about. I, we just alienated listener. They're a huge Meatloaf fan, I'm sure. Is our <laughs> listener Meatloaf? This is amazing. I'm so excited. Also, listener, keep inviting me places to yeah. tour. Like, I'm all for uh, special treatment. <laughs> and yes, that sounds as bad as you in, think it In sounds. the vein of this topic on this episode. Yeah. Uh, don't say yeah. Oh, you can pay for play on this podcast. <laughs> All right, so Zeno, what other questions do you have? 
what other questions do you have about pay to play? So you mentioned I think three states. Whenever we talked about this, is the topic. I um, did. So, did we go over all of those? Like, I need more examples of. I guess I'm so unclear. I'm so glad I'm not a salesman or a marketing guy <laughs> because I'm so, I'd be so right. afraid. Like I'm afraid. So like, like what do you do? So how do I sell it? But be I, to me, it's just like just be. Don't be a dick, right? Like be. It's the, yeah. like, you know, we made jokes about it, which is terrible because the Me Too movement's a good thing and all. But like, we made it. We made jokes about it, like. No, no, you yeah. made jokes about it. I don't think any of us have said yeah. anything else. Let's let's, yeah, let's clarify. Throw I'm totally throwing you yeah. under the well, bus. Because there's terrible fucking people out there, right? And there's terrible fucking people everywhere, yeah. and like there's terrible things that happen. But just some of them record a podcast, yeah, yeah, right? Us. Just don't. Just Sorry, don't ahead. be a dick. Like, like, think about what you're doing and the impacts it could have on. Uh, treat people like the way you want to be treated. Hey, I, Mr. Rogers is from my neighborhood, literally from my neighborhood. <laughs> So like, <laughs> just act like Mr. Rogers, right? But where is the line? I guess that's what I really want to know is where is the line and how do you approach that? What, what, what should you do besides asking yourself, don't be a dick that you learned on some shitty podcast that you didn't even really listen to, but listener, you heard it in the distance. Well, I think that's the biggest lesson that's a takeaway for people who are hearing this for the first time. Distilling is hard. Selling the product is a hell of a lot harder. And I hate, hate the answer of, I don't know for sure, talk to a lawyer, but this has to be the answer for this subject is you, if no matter how small you are as a producer, get some sort of consultant or specifically legal counsel when it comes to selling your product, because you're probably going to make a mistake. And even worse, whenever you have enough money to hire a brand person to do it for you, you also are responsible for what they're doing. So you have to bring in that expertise because... We can sit here and speculate and try and delineate what that line is, but there's a really good chance we're going to be wrong on a case-by-case basis for a lot of it. So yeah, don't be an idiot. Don't be a dick. That's just good general advice. But when it comes to not providing a thing of value or running into some of these other esoteric laws that we just don't understand, you're going to have to get some legal advice. I mean, so, I, that's great, but I I think we're going down the wrong path where, you know, pay for play is not something that like unless our unless listener is, you know, head of one of these multinational distillery corporations, it's very unlikely that this is that their we're concern you. is is how uh, how how to get out that. of pay for play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kerplop. Kerplop. <laughs> 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 oh, I hate everything so much. Sorry, Colton. I think I think <laughs> yeah. what we should be talking about is more like how to watch out for you go into a bar, you go into a liquor store, how to kind of notice hey, this looks like how to be a narc? Is that what you're saying? I get it. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, actually that's really good advice. Yeah. That's a good point. I think it is fair to say that in all of these scenarios, we know they're not small operations. In most cases, you're not going to have the money to screw up and pay someone. To yeah, like, like when that you said, screw up said, and think, you need a lawyer, it's like one accidental, hey, I paid too much for my display type situation, right? It's right. not. So, but here's, I will back up and say, I think it is important that pay to play is something on everyone's radar, no matter how small the producer is. Because again, the thing of value and this, an attorney did tell me, an actual someone with an education who's not a complete idiot like us, they said one of the problems is once you post something on social media that say a thing of value, 
that may not get you in trouble tomorrow, but it's essentially a liability yeah. that's now hanging over your business in perpetuity, whatever the statute of limitations is, essentially. If someone goes back and finds that or they audit you for whatever reason or someone just decides to be a dick and try and get you in trouble and they bring that up, you now have that legal liability hanging over your head. So it is important to keep in mind, no matter how small you are, just because it could come back to bite you. So, yes, I don't I think the conversation is well spent on the bigger producers and how we as small producers can keep an eye on that and try and report it, figure those things out. Well, motherfuckers, don't forget that you could be. That's right. Double macro. You are getting that tattoo at some point, right? Um, I think what you're learning, too, is that uh, you really got to trust your salespeople. Man, I can't stand salespeople. Like, I know I need them and I actually like them as people. I just the hustle gets exhausting. So. I, but like I think that you really have to you have to do your diligence to get the right people in place that have ethics, right, and yep. that you can trust. Uh, because I mean, a lot of the people I mean, whether you're a producer or whatever it is, you're a consumer and you listen to this podcast, or it's just one person. He's both producer and consumer, <laughs> or she. They um, when they go out there and they're like if you want to expand your business to a different state, you might have totally different rules, right? That's what I'm getting out of this too. So like, how do you even keep track of that? That's a really good question that I have no answer to call an attorney. Call the attorney. Or yeah. Colton, Colton, answer the question for us. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, seriously, you have to have an attorney to like, Oh, Hey, I want to start selling my whiskey in, so, in I, anyway, New Delhi. New Delhi. Is that what you're going to say? Right, no. <laughs> yes. no, I want to sell it in Florida. Like I want to sell it in Florida. So what I do, I mean, like, do I have to look up all everything I can and cannot do? Or do I have an outside sales guy that I just trust? Right. And hope, well, that's the thing is if you have a sales guy as an owner, what you have to do is you still have to put in stipulations and basically you have to have an employee handbook. I hate to say it, but you have to have rules for them, what they can and they can't do. And if you don't know that, then yeah, you can hire someone who is also marketing consultant who will hopefully bring that information to you and help you build that. I think that's a great option for a smaller producer but you do have to research every state you go into because if you don't something will bite and i know that sounds exhausting business ethics you know that reference yeah does anyone know billy madison come on you don't remember that no but i really want to watch that right now it's a great movie you should it's a classic are you saying you've been watching that this whole time i wish as as opposed to being on this podcast (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah I would like to think that 50% of what he says on this podcast is direct Billy Madison. Oh, they are. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> you, you just weave them in seamlessly. <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else or should we close up? Close up shop. Hi, Devin. I just saw you there. I know. I was like, wow, uh, Colton, you're more attractive now. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw Devin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Closing thoughts. Uh, I guess I'll start. My closing thought is I still, after this, know nothing about pay-to-play. I am nothing but more nervous about not knowing the laws, not knowing anything. And if I were to open a distillery tomorrow, it sounds like I should hire a lawyer. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to reiterate that sentiment. (laughs) That uh, I'm terrified. And (laughs) I have, I, I guess, no, from what I got from our conversation is awareness that it's something that you should actually think about, right? You can't just go in guns a blazing and be aggressive on your sales pitch 
there's a line that you can cross where it's unethical that might be at a different place than you thought in your own head. Do your research, get an attorney, never assume that you or your employees are just intrinsically doing the right thing. Just always question yourself and just be careful. All right. Thank you for listening. Please go on iTunes, like us, leave a review, all the other things you're supposed to do with social media and all that shit. Well, fine. Don't like us on iTunes. Unlike us on iTunes. Can you give us a thumbs down on... I don't listen to this podcast. Give us a thumbs down on Snapchat. (laughs) Rate us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Oh, my God. We're recording this one, and this is going to be the canned end for every episode from now on, including the argument. Oh, All right. Do the things you're supposed to do on social media for us, listener. All right. Kerplop. All right.